Well, it's good to be with you all again uh, today online as we gather to pray. And I would like us to just focus our attention on a couple of verses uh, throughout our time today. But if you'd like to, you can turn to Romans chapter 11. I'll just reference that and several others I will refer to. A few weeks ago, I was on a uh, trip with uh, folks from our church and uh, one of our pastors. And as we were serving in New York City, he would often begin the day with a brief devotional, and he would challenge us to think about this one question throughout the day. No matter what we were doing, he said, I want you to think about what is so great about God? What is so great about God? And uh, that is a wonderful question. I've been thinking about that regularly throughout uh, the last several weeks. And today I'm going to talk about something that is great about God. And uh, to whet your appetite, as we understand this truth, appreciate it, and believe it more and more, this single truth will intensify our worship of God. It will solidify our conviction. It will strengthen our faith as we think about this, uh, about God, about the greatness of God. It will also uh, increase our boldness in prayer right now and our witness uh, to others. And as we think about this, about God today, I believe it will advance God's mission, um, advance his kingdom as we believe it and live underneath it. So I would like to talk briefly today about sovereignty, prayer, and revival. Sovereignty, prayer, and revival. And of course, the sovereignty of God uh, has been a, a topic of debate and discussion for centuries. And so we must approach it as we do uh, any uh, attribute of God with great humility. We read in um, in Romans chapter 11, verse 33 through 36, oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways are past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who uh, has uh, been his counselor? Who hath first given to him and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The sovereignty of God, it can be simply defined as the fact that God uh, is able to override all powers and authorities. All things are under God's rule. Nothing can happen in all of the universe uh, without his direction or his permission. Uh, as Ephesians 1.11 says, God works out all things according to the counsel of his will. Nothing can successfully stop or thwart the design or the purpose or the act of God that he attends, intends to bring about. Um, his sovereignty is all-powerful. It's omnipotent, obviously. It's purposeful. And as I've already said, it's pervasive. It includes all things. Job attested to the sovereignty of God in 
chapter 42, verse 2, and he said, I know, God, that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Uh, men like Nebuchadnezzar attested to the sovereignty of God. And of course, God himself uh, testifies to this when, when he says in Isaiah 46, 9, I am God and there's no, uh, no, no, el no one else. I'm God, there's no one like me. I am declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, I declare the things that are not yet done. My counsel will stand and I will do all my pleasure. We've touched on this already, but even as we go to prayer today, we can pray about revival along with many other things because the sovereignty of God encompasses everything. Seemingly random events like the casting of the lot into the lap, but the whole uh, disposing there is, uh, thereof is from the Lord. Um, we think of the, all the amazing complexity of creation, of things like earth and wind and, uh, and animals and plants. Uh, we see the sovereignty of God, for example, just in the book of Jonah, when, when God um, directed that storm upon that ship that where, where uh, Jonah was um, on the sea. And then uh, sending the large fish to swallow him up and later on to uh, spew him out uh, upon God's command. Of course, we see it as well when God uh, sends uh, scorching winds or when God raises that, uh, that gourd, that large plant, uh, and then he sends a tiny worm. So are not two sparrows sold for a farthing and not one of them fall to the ground without your father's um, knowledge. I love how Spurgeon put it. He said, I believe that every particle of dust that dances in the sunbeam does not move an, at an atom more or less than God wishes. And every particle of spray that dashes against the boat has its orbit as well as the sun in the heavens. And that the chaff from the hand of the winnower is steered as the stars in their courses the creeping of a tiny insect over the rosebud is as much fixed as the march of the devastating pestilence. And the fall of a leaf from a poplar tree is as fully ordained as the tumbling of an avalanche. So there's not one maverick molecule in this universe, uh, whether it be uh, in nature, in our own bodies, nothing is outside of God's control. How comforting that can be. Um, of course, the nations are under his control, and even Satan and the demons are under his control. We certainly see that in Job's life illustrated. Uh, the people acknowledged that when Jesus on this earth cast out demons, and the, they said, even the demons obey him. Of course, Jesus uh, came to destroy the power of the devil, and um, uh, he is the one uh, that, that controls all things like that. So we have hope today, friends, uh, though the world with devils filled would threaten to undo us, we will not fear for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, but we don't tremble for him. His rage we can endure for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. So whether it's life or death or human decisions or conversion, the new birth, uh, our Christian life, our sanctification, and 
even our suffering, it's all under God's sovereignty. You know, that's the extent of God's sovereignty, the definition of God's sovereignty, but we see it in real life in places like Joseph's life, which is a a sterling example of God's sovereignty, or the life of Pharaoh we could contemplate, or Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar and God's hand and sovereignty in Cyrus's life, and most uh, clearly seen or uh, most um, wonderfully seen, and even in the death and uh, the death and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. You might remember in Acts four, while the church is gathered there praying for Holy Spirit power for boldness and preaching, they prayed to God. Uh, they prayed to the Father for of a truth against. Your holy child, Jesus, whom you have anointed. There was both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles, the people of Israel. They were gathered together in order to do whatever your hand and your counsel determined beforehand to be done. So here you have varied forces like Herod, like Pilate, like the Jews, like the Romans, all intent to do what they thought was their will, but actually. They were carrying out the four ordained counsels of God. So today, we recognize that we are praying to a sovereign God as we pray and cry out for revival and for awakening in our lives and for other things such as this Bible distribution in Salem, Oregon. We recognize that God's power, of course, is governed by his uh, mercy and his justice. But we will keep praying because we believe that God is sovereign. We have been praying because of that. And we will remember today, friends, that God is still sovereign. Christ is still reigning. Uh, The spirit is still sanctifying. The church is still essential. Uh, The word of God is still guiding us. And uh, the gospel is still saving. And uh, we have future glory that is still yet to come. So we have many, many reasons to, to continue to pray. And as we pray today, just remember that God is merciful, just, and sovereign. That ought to intensify our worship of him in our prayers right now. And I hope that kind of puts some steel on our convictions about who God is. And it also... Uh, strengthens our faith. As we pray, we often lack faith, so we pray, Lord, help our unbelief. But uh, the sovereignty of God strengthens our faith, and it it increases our boldness. Let us pray boldly uh, before the throne of grace today, brothers and sisters, as we reflect upon this truth. And uh, let's advance his kingdom today through revival-focused praying. I want to close before we begin to pray today with uh, uh, some lyrics from a hymn by a a lady named Margaret Clarkson, who lived in Canada. Um, She is little known, it seems, or at least her hymns don't get a lot of um, a lot of exposure in churches that I've been involved in. But she lived a life of constant suffering. Um, In fact, uh, she writes in her memoirs that she tell that, that her mother told her that the very first words she ever spoke ever came out of her mouth was, uh, my head hurts. She had 
migraines early in her life. It led to convulsive vomiting and arthritis and just accompanied her throughout the rest of her life almost. Um, she also suffered a lot of loneliness and isolation, but God forged all those experiences in her life to write some incredible hymns. And one is called, Oh Father, You Are Sovereign. And I want to close with uh, some of this today, and then we'll go right to prayer um, after that. So, oh, Father, you are sovereign in all the worlds you made. Your mighty word has spoken and light and life obeyed. Your voice commands the seasons and bounds the ocean shores, sets stars within their courses and stills the tempest roar. So God's sovereign over creation, but he's also sovereign in our everyday life. Well, Father, you are sovereign in human scheme and skill. No powers of death or darkness can thwart your perfect will. All chance and change transcending supreme in time and space. You hold your trusting children secure in your embrace. She has a wonderful stanza on suffering as well. And then she ends with this. Again, the title of the hymn is, O Father, You Are Sovereign. O Father, You Are Sovereign, we see you dimly now, but soon before your triumph, earth's every knee shall bow. With this glad hope before us, our Father, our faith rather, springs up anew. Our sovereign Lord and Savior, we trust and worship you. May God be glorified in our prayers today as we pray to a sovereign God um, who is eager to hear our prayers, the prayers of his people.